big idea to have a heart like Christ is to have a heart whose sole motive is to love the Father. Our weekly identity statement is, God is taking my heart of stone and making it a heart of flesh. In our memory verse, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What is the heart? The heart is where desires come from. The heart is where love and worship comes from. The heart is where pain and anger come from. The heart is the origin of everything in our lives. In the Old Testament, the heart was where thinking happened. They didn't have knowledge of the brain. It was where worship came from, whether for God or idols. It was where evil came from. Feelings, desires, affections, choices, all of this comes from the heart. Love comes from the heart. This is why we're commanded to love the Lord with all your heart, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 through 5, and in the Gospels. Love, in the biblical sense, is others-focused. Today's love is reversed. It's all about our selfish desires. But biblically, love is about sacrificing yourself for the betterment of others. John 15, 12 through 13, My command is this, Jesus says, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. But just like love comes from the heart, so does hatred and disgust. In fact, the first mention of the heart in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. Rebellion comes from the heart. Jeremiah chapter 7, they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels and in the stubbornness of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. Idolatry comes from the heart. Independence comes from the heart. Our actions stem from the feelings, affections, desires, and choices of our heart. Religion and belief systems come from the heart. Psalm 14, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The heart drives everything we do in our lives. Therefore, if we want to be transformed, our hearts have to be transformed. This is first and foremost the work of God in our regeneration. Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Perhaps most important to understand is that we must seek to receive the heart of Christ as our new heart. We're not following our own heart, and this is what is all around us. Our own hearts deceive us all the time, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. This is not to say that we no longer have an identity or that we aren't unique, etc. We are, but the only way to truly embrace our God-designed identity is to embrace the heart behind it. It is only in the transformation of our hearts that we actually become truly unique in our God-made identity. When our hearts are cold, hard, selfish, proud, and full of ourselves, we actually blend in with the rest of the human race throughout human history. We may look different on the outside, but on the inside, we're all clones with cold, dead hearts. But if we want to truly stand out and be different, to have a truly unique identity, we actually have to die to what we thought life was. Why do we have to disown ourselves to take up our cross? Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces a crop 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. John chapter 12, verse 24. 
Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. Before death, that single seed exists only for itself. There is no other existence for that seed except what it is. It has all the potential to become a living thing and produce fruit, but not until it dies. But if it dies, it produces a crop. Not only does it produce a crop, it comes to life. It grows, and the result of its growth is fruit. Before death, it only existed for itself, but now it has the potential to produce more life. We don't actually live until we die. Death precedes life. It's not until we disown ourselves and our affections, worship, and feelings for ourselves that we are able to receive the gift of true life in our hearts. If we don't disown ourselves, we risk prostituting the kingdom for selfish gain. In essence, we'll make God our servant, our genie in the sky whose entire purpose for existence is to give us what we want. But when we die, when whatever that is dies, the truest form of life, God's life, can begin to take root in our heart. Our daily scripture focus is John chapter 12, verse 24 and 25. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. As we wrap up, I encourage you to take a few minutes to think and pray through a few things. First, Pray and ask God through the Holy Spirit to reveal any area of your heart that is still for yourself and not for Him. Next, spend a minute or two seeing that part of your heart that is for yourself being buried in the dirt as though it were being buried with Christ in the grave. And then take a minute to see God bring that part of your heart to life in a way you never imagined possible. Finally, thank God for the transformative work he is doing by turning your heart of stone into a heart of flesh.